Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. We thank you for what you will do. Thank you for where you are taking us to. We thank you for your love. Father, we say, let your name be glorified in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that your grace will continually be with us. We ask that you keep increasing us in all dimensions in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's have our seats. God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. But we wish every of our women happy Mother's Day and those that are still young that are still um, you know um, I'm sure that God, God will definitely God will keep increasing us and blessing us all in the name of Jesus Christ um, you know uh, yeah, yeah I'm a dealer yeah. let's start to problem because see God himself had provided see this is one of the things you know I was out of the country so, you know, someone called, uh, somebody, God has laid in somebody's mind, I don't think they want to get it, but that they should provide for Mother's Day. So, so which is, I was just, when I had later, like, got back, I was like, oh, God is, God is, yeah, God is good, you know, and that's how God raises his, his and he does what he does at all times. Um, so, you know, we are grateful and the hand that God has used to provide it will, will keep increasing in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, so, happy Mother's Day again. Um, from all the men, happy Mother's Day. On behalf of all the women, also happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, we are looking at eternity, but, you know, we are, you know, I'm looking at is the molding of hearts. Molding of hearts. We started off last week from I can't understand, from um, the book of Proverbs that talks about that God has placed eternity in the heart of everyone. Can I have it? Don't worry about it. Just, yeah. God has placed eternity in the hearts of everyone. No, let's go to the next one, please. So, the Bible says God has made everything beautiful and appropriate in his time. He has also planted eternity, that is, a sense of divine purpose in human hearts. A mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Yet, man, yet man cannot, cannot find that complaint, grasp what God has done. So that means that as we talk about eternity, we continue about this, that every man, no matter who you are, either being an atheist or, or being, you know, whatever it is, that is an option you chose. But the Bible is saying that when you were made, there was something placed in your heart that keeps longing for God. And we said last week that you know, some people can't feel it with anything. Some can feel it with football. Some can feel it with anything. But you keep discovering that there is a gap. You keep discovering that there is a gap. So, in the process of molding, we are not going to, you know, I'm not going to look at how to mold or molding a child or whatever the case is, because when we go to Proverbs, that's previous scripture. Proverbs says to us that he says, he says, he says the 
the foolishness abound in the heart of a child. So what he's saying is that that same act that God is, is placed eternity, there is a contention. So the devil is trying to grab his own. And God is also saying, no, I have placed on what the Bible is saying that no, there is a battlefield in that heart. So he's saying that he's saying he said he said the foolishness abound in the heart of a child, the rod of discipline. You know, I know that oh That's God, God bless our parents from Nigeria. <laughs> yeah, you know, you use K to take away the rod, the, the, the foolishness in that. So, you know, for the modern day one, for those who watch an Abraham, uh, resetting slap, you slap, you reset somebody's madness. Oh, if you don't miss, don't worry. You know, there was an inauguration of uh, an old, old first lady, misbehave. Went to somebody and they used slap to reset. <laughs> somebody call it this correctional slap. They put, they put them out to reset, but God help us in the name of Jesus. But you know, but what the Bible is actually saying is not rod. It's not the rod of king. Because I was listening to somebody saying, we it's not we know we understand what it is in, in his own Even Cain, Cain is dumb, Cain cannot talk. So if you beat a child, Without necessarily telling them what they've done, the Cain cannot correct. Cain does not correct. Cain only only enforces the correction. So you know when we were growing up, they would tell you what you have done, and you will now use a reminder so that when you remember what they say, you understand the consequence. So you know what I'm trying to say. I'm not pleased. We are in UK. Amen. <laughs> so but the Bible is saying that. Correction administered with godly wisdom and loving kindness. So that means that the correction you are going, God is expecting you to give, is a correction based on scriptures. Now the problem is that if you administer administer a discipline correction, but not based on godly wisdom it becomes an issue. So that means that, so I'm going to jump uh, back and forth to certain scriptures. So um, please just, so towards the end we have Psalm 1 to 7, um, Psalm 1 to 7 verse, verse 3 to 4. The Bible says, a heritage, heritage, sorry, children are the heritage of the Lord and the offspring have a reward from him. The Bible says, as arrows are in the hands of a warrior, so children are in, in, in so, so children born in one suit. Then we don't have it above verse five. It says, blessed is the man whose quiver is filled with it. So I know that people look at that quiver and say, oh no, the Bible is saying you can get as much children as you, as you have. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that he's saying that number one, you must be a skilled warrior, because if a warrior is not good at shooting, if he has enough child than he can carry, it will become a burden for him when he's going to war. Again, I'm trying to say. So when he's saying no, he's saying as a warrior, carry as much as you can shoot accurately. So if a warrior can can only, only needs two 
when he carries it, it is full already. It doesn't mean that, you know, if, if so, you know, and the Bible says here that, it says like an arrow is in the hands of a warrior. We are, we are moving very closely to where, where we are going. Is that, that means that, that a warrior has to be trained. Nobody is born a warrior. Even though you may have the skills or the heart, you still need to go through certain trainings to be able to shoot accurately. So that means that for everyone that God is going to take through this process, in that way you are looking at it, God, the Bible is saying, as the harrows is in the hands of a warrior. Now the question is, that, are you trained enough to be a warrior? Or else, those arrows will be shot in a way that they will never reach their destination. Or they can go and hit the wrong, you know, if, you know, they can hit the wrong direction. So what the Bible is saying is that it is the warrior that determines where the arrow goes. But that warrior needs to be, needs to be, needs, needs to walk in what the Bible refers to as godly wisdom. So, as we go to, I just wanted you to, to look at this scripture. So when we go to, um, just before that, uh, Malachi chapter, Malachi, just before that, Malachi chapter 2, verse 15. The Bible says, Malachi 2, 15, just before that. Okay, the Bible says that, did, did the Lord not make you one with your wife? In body and, in, and, and spirit you are. He said, and does he, what does God want? A godly children from your union. So he's saying that what God is looking for in a marriage. So when a man and woman come together, there is something that God is looking for from that union. It is not just any children. He's looking for godly children to arise from it. So that means that what God is saying is that whenever you come together, I, am, I, am, I have an interest in what I intend to come out of that marriage. God, help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Just last scriptures, Judges chapter, chapter 3. Judges chapter 3, verse 1 to 2. See, I'm saying this because that's the last one. When some of us feel that, you know, ah, me, me, I am not ready for this kind of, um, this kind of conversation. I am still young. And it's true. You know, it's true. It may not be a cup of tea now. And some of people may choose not to be that cup of tea. Basically, you may choose not, not, um, not to give back. The Bible, the Bible talks about Jesus speaks about. He said some people are enoch by bad. Some people chose by will, and he says wrong. Some people chose by will, and some people chose to. You hear what I'm saying? So you know, with that way. You will have somebody that you are responsible for. That's what I'm going to. So either you have you are tied to become a pope, 
and you have people around you, they are still your. It was not Paul that gave back to Timothy, but he calls Timothy my son. Does that make sense? So God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So the Bible says that these nations were left to test all the Israelites who had who had had no experience of any war, any war in Canaan. It did this only to teach warfare to the descendants of Israel who had not previously experienced battle. So what am I trying to say? What's the Bible trying to say? What are we looking for from here? Is that God would deliberately leave certain things for you. You will still have to fight your own battle. Your parents will never, there's some battle that God will say, your parents will say, ah, God, I, I destroy all the battles of my children. God said, yes, but this one, I will remove it for them. So that they will take rest, they too will learn. So there will be certain things you some people will be like, no, but my parents are going, my parents are very power, powerful prayer warriors. God said, yes, but what I did, I deliberately removed certain battles for you to fight. Why? Because there will be no way for you to train, for you to know anything. You just think that things just fall from the sky. So the Bible is saying, God is saying, the Bible says, he did this only to teach them warfare so that they learn how to fight. They learn how to fight. So what I'm saying is that there is nobody that God will not be making demands on because of what he, has what he has called you to do. And as I look at this and, and we, we move closely to um, something, we, we begin to move closer, is that there is a pattern that which Jesus, the Bible expects us to, to, to reflect himself. It is not only by talking, it is also in your actions. So that means that as you, as you are graining up to, to become a warrior, God is not only interested in what you say, he's also interested in how to mold you because you can only replicate what you are. And so, and so what does that mean is that, you know, I was sharing with the couple I went to um, speak to yes, um, over, the, over the weekend. And I was saying to them, I said, you know, one of the greatest things in my mind when we gave back to my, to my daughter, when, when she got, my wife got pregnant, I was concerned about one thing, because my daughters will be, I will be the first man that they will be with. Their gauge of what a man is is dependent on them, on you. So I was talking to that young man yesterday. Uh, yesterday, I said, I said, I said, whatever wife your your daughter will, husband or daughter will bring, she will gauge in against you. So when she begins to see certain things, she know what is good from what is bad because she's been there, she's seen it. So I said. I said, so whatever you're doing now, be conscious that you are the first husband that she will see. And 
it is because the wife was so happy about certain things that she saw in him, and which I was, I was, I told my husband, I was so excited when I was traveling back. I was so excited about certain things that I saw, and the wife was like, you know, you know, the wife said that you know, he, 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 okay, when they got married, he was clearing certain things in the, in the room, in the house. He was doing the shows and things, and she was like, ah, what's going on? Because where she came from, you know, ah, <laughs> men don't look at this kind of stuff. So she said, ah, maybe this is my go away back then. But you know. She, until she went to the house and she saw the father and said, ah, this is where this thing came from. But I guarantee you, there was no day to the best of my knowledge anyway and from my own experience, there was no day my dad sat me down and said, this is how you treat a woman. See, all these, um, sit down, let me teach you ten commandments. Of, you know, it is what we saw. It became a life. And what I'm trying to say, is that, and I was using that when I was speaking to them, is that you would be the first person. So even if one useless guy walks around, she would look at him and say, you know, my dad is better than this. So what am I trying to say is that, so it is, it is important that you begin to live that life now. Now, why am I saying that? Is when you go to Acts chapter 1, no scripture around that. Sorry, I'm moving about. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible talks about um, just um, above Proverbs. Um, Acts chapter 1. The Bible says that in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote to you all that Jesus began to do and to teach. So that means that Jesus was not only teaching, he was doing. So there were certain things they were receiving and learning from what he was doing. So it was not everything that he taught. I used to tell people that when people approach me by God's grace, I shall still learning, that I want to make them. I say, see, I don't teach. All this, you know, someone say, well, you are not called it to the exit. I don't teach. See, most of what you get, the little, what, it, it is minimal what I say to you. It is what you see that you follow. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So, why am I saying this? I'm saying this is that God is interested in molding a party, molding you so that you can mold somebody else. And that process, there are certain things I'm just going to flag up as we, as we go through a couple of scriptures together. I want you to know that as we as I as we begin to introduce these certain things, it is not everything that God will warn you about. God expects you to take initiative of yourself for yourself about certain things you have seen in scripture and is not consistent with your life. I'll give you an example. In the Bible, God never, Jesus never told his disciples, let me teach you how to pray. They were the one who said, ah, this thing is missing. Teach us to pray. And he taught them to pray. Have you ever thought about what happens if they never asked him the question? He will just look at you and you'll be okay. Two is what people need to understand as we go through certain scriptures is that the best thing about God is that God is patient. The dangerous thing about him is that he's patient. 
You get what I'm saying? The patience of God. Why do I say that it is dangerous? Because God has no time limit. You have a time limit. We have, we have a testimony this morning. So I think say, ah, God understands. God is just taking it gently with me. He will take it gently with you until you have 100. He's still taking it gently. As far as he's concerned, he's patient. And the problem is that people take God's patience as an excuse that he accepts what they're doing. And so, because certain things that we're going to share, we're sharing this morning, you will not be able to get it if you are the one that will say, you know, God is, I, I'm not, God is still okay with me, you know, things are, things are okay, you know, he's, 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 he's happy with you. If you are not used to bringing yourself before him, David said, search me and find if there is anything in, that's what David said, if there is anything in me that offends you, then bring it out and show me the way of life. So if you are not used to always presenting yourself before God for proper scrutiny, I pray that God will grant us wisdom as we go on. You know, I have started, um, you know, a couple of friends, people that I've known for a long, you know, long, long time and things like that. I will call them up and say, um, I want you to, they are prophetic. You know, I want you to do an assessment of me. Ah, bye, yeah, okay, no, no, don't tell me I'm moving. And I said, no, let's, let's have, let's sign the contract. No, no, that's the way with it. I said, I said, I want you to swear before God and, and, and as we stand that you will never, you will not see anything in me that you keep quiet. If you see anything and you keep quiet, may God, you know, may God hack that from you. And I was, I, when we were told, I said, God, I ask for mercy that you open this person's eyes and you will not, there will be nothing hidden before him. I give him, I sign off my confidentiality to him. Then he come and say, okay, this, 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 this is what God is doing. This part, you are still, you are still a bit, if it was going on. Then we have the conversation. But, you know, and I, I, because you need to say, it, it is God help me. I am not, I keep saying, I'm not there yet. But there are still parts that, you know, it is, you would say that those things help you to be humble. There will be nothing that anybody will tell you that will be, you know, you will not be the first to defend yourself. Just, ah, I'm sorry. You know, um, during the week, I had a dream. And it was like I tell you know people you know it was my assessment period as it were. And it was on it was honest. Well, not that I was I don't manage with anything anyway. But you know, and well, ah you this is this is okay. Ah, and so the, okay, let's have a serious conversation now. Sit down. Okay. People are saying that you are you are okay in this business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me now give you proper assessment. So, this part, you are still, you are okay, but you are not functioning to power. Everyone is my weakness. When I woke up, I said, God, thank you for not hiding my weakness. 
I immediately, you know, later on, I was talking to a friend of mine. I said, you know, I have this dream, this, 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 this. I said, I said, I am not sure. I said, I said, ah, you are okay. Each time I see you, you know, spiritual, I know that you are okay. That's it. Okay, thank you. God bless you. And I moved on because you see, I'm not, I, I'm not looking for. Uh, you know, apple, 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 apple. Apple. Yeah. That's what I that and when I was on a flight coming back yesterday, I was God, what is what and and as God was willing and gracious, he was rolling out certain things. So you know, yeah, your prayer life is a bit uh, this should sleep there, sleep there is not it's not, you know. I tried it somebody, but <laughs> God help me in Jesus' name. So, you know, but it is important, it is good to run checks on yourself. Paul said, let us check ourselves before God turns up. Because when he turns up, there will be no room for you to check anything. There will be no room for you to check anything. So, you know, that's why, you know, when um, her mother was leading the prayer, she was sharing certain things, I was just laughing at that. Because God just running checks. And checks doesn't mean that you are bad. It just means that there are parts that you need to clean before it becomes worse. Because if it becomes worse, then you know you, you are going to be. So when she was saying, I just love it. Because I, I check as I first of all had my own first uh, assessment. Result is how I say, God help us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 12 as we just. Hebrews chapter 12, and we said, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a, a, a cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders and sin that easily entangles us. Let us run our race with perseverance for the mark, um, a race that is marked out for us. Let's go on, please. The Bible says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith? For the joy set before him endured the cross and the scorning shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider yourself, consider him, that's Christ, who, who endured such opposition of sinners so that he will not grow weary. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let's just wait on, please. Just read it. Now, he now said, in your struggle with sin, have you, have you not yet resisted, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. So what he's saying is that how much effort are you putting into, into dealing with yourself? How much effort are you putting into dealing with yourself? He said, have you completely forgotten the word of encouragement that addresses you as as, fa uh, as a father addresses his son, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the ones that he loves and he chastens everyone he has accepted as his son. So basically what the Bible is saying is that they are part of the um, being part of God's children is discipline. Being part of God's children is discipline. I know that, you know, um, 
people may uh, people may may talk about may talk about you know discipline in a different way, but the Bible is saying that you know when it comes to God, there are certain aspects of God which is you know when the Bible says God will discipline you. Now the problem about discipline is that the discipline is not to to catch fall from you, but God wants to use it so that you can you you can develop in that aspect of life. The problem is that now that's why I used that preamble before I came in. The problem that God never forces a human being to accept discipline. God never forces a human being to accept discipline. He will give you the option either to accept it or to reject it. And God will never come back and say, ah, you die. why did you do this? Well, I, some people say, don't for my own. He will just allow you. Now, how does God discipline his children? At times, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 8. Sorry, please, it's just a, a bit down. There is what the Bible says. Uh, let's go. Um, <laughs> now, see what Paul said. He said, if I cause you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I regret it, <laughs> I see my letter hurts you, but it's going to be for a little while. He said, yet now I am, now I am happy because you were made sorry. Sorry, sorry, not because you were, you were made sorry, but because your sorrow leads to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, so that you were, you were, so that you were not harmed in any way by us. The Bible says godly sorrow brings repentance and leads to salvation and leads to uh, and least leaves no regrets. But worldly sorrow brings death. Now, what is the difference in worldly sorrow and godly sorrow? See, please, note that the Bible is not saying that we are not defining joy here, so don't, we don't look at it, you know, no. The Bible calls it what it is. It is sorrow. So, how does God use a particular position of regret and tries to make it work, that pain, it turns into a platform of repentance. Okay, let me give you an illustration. There was a friend of mine. He was a minister on, on campus then in, in, in United. There was a minister, he was a minister on, on campus. God was using him mighty. God was using him mighty. And as God and as God was using him, this guy, Daniel Bello, oh God bless me though, he was Daniel was doing a revival. Daniel was doing a revival, a, 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 a revival somewhere. 
And the Bible says that, the, sorry, um, and what happened was that, what happened was that they, they now brought in, um, they brought in somebody who had died. He wasn't aware. It was like an open crusade. When they brought that person in, that person apparently rose up and walked home. He just had a shout in the crowd, and that was it. You can see, I know. So what now happened on was that she he went to he went. So there was already this con, this consent among pastors on campus. Everybody was already complaining that what's going on. Does he think he's the only one? X Y Z. So Daniel was in the hostel at a particular time in Oshikita. That hostel where we had bunks. So Daniel was at the back. So some cult guys came in. They were hanged. So as soon as they came into the hall, everybody as normal. When cult guys come in, you go out. So the whole place was empty. Eating too because it was cooking and we normally use nets. You know when you are eating and you don't want visitors uh, because you know <laughs> if you are eating in those days and especially if you are eating, if they just come and beat you from Lagos and you, you have conflicts. <laughs> Before you know, boys, you just bring a spoon. <laughs> so what we normally do is that you put uh, demarcation. You put your your use your bed sheet as cover. So you heat in peace. Then afterwards, you, you bring everything down. Then. So when they were coming, I think he thought they were his people, and so they just removed it and they came for him with guns. That day, by God's grace. They gave their life to Christ. There, everyone. Cause that thing began to fly and things. Like that. So Daniel got into an issue around um, accommodation. So there was one of the pastors that offered him the room to share a room with him. I came in. I came around that day. I saw. Okay, I came to visit him one day, and I saw this lady. Him and Daniel were outside. Ah, buddy. The gesture around there, I was like, what's going on here? I said, Daniel, what's happening? I said, I don't know. She's my family friend. Da, da, da. She said, hey, are you sure? I said, yes. I said, bye, I won't lie to you now. And this guy said, well, okay, it's not a problem. End of story. Didn't know that there was a recording or whatever it is. They were having sex at some time, and the whole thing blew across the campus. So all those pastors that have been you looking for an opportunity to deal with him now said that he was going to face disciplinary action. He will be banned from preaching anywhere. If he has to preach, he has to come and take um, uh, permission from the uh, Christian Union and all those kind of stuff and things like that. He had an option. That's where I'm going to. He had an option to stay. You know what? I'm old enough. I'm big enough. What do you mean? I can do other things like that. He would have made way. He would have allowed him to make to make the excuse. But he would have missed the opportunity that God is raising as an, as an opportunity to deal with that character of adultery. So that day I was I was I was I was present, I was at home. I didn't even know, you know much of it in my hostel. I just knew that God was saying that I am going to strip one of my servants naked in public. So what happened was that the day they were going to do the 
confession for you. They gathered, we used the largest Christian hall. They gathered, they packed the place, and he was brought forward to come and confess his sin. But I'm telling you today, you know, that day, and it would, it would that's what I mentioned, it's something that we talk about, and it's so, you know, it was an opportunity we are glad that Daniel never missed. Because God wanted to use that sorrow to kill something in his life. Because each day he remembers that shame, he would not go back to that part. But he had an opportunity to push it away and say, you know, yes, you know, why, why should I be, you know, people do it. What's the, what's the big thing? Godly sorrow. There are times when you will do something wrong or you will do something and God is trying to deal with something inside of you. It will give you an option to either just walk away or to face it so that it can properly deal with that issue. It could be hunger. It could be talking. It could be anything. I'm sharing with you too that I, I am my own experience I'm from scriptures. Is that God will bring, you'll be like, see, I have called somebody and apologized and I was crying. But I knew what God was saying. Is that, Bio, we need to deal with this thing. But you cannot deal with it. There are things you can accept you, there is pain that comes out of it. And do you know what happened? Recently, was it a couple of weeks, there was somebody also, you know, I called them and we, we spoke and we prayed, we did a lot of things together. We spoke, ah, sure, okay, and we, we spoke and things like that. And I was, I finished calling that person. I dropped, I went to the toilet, I was dancing. Why? I had moved ahead. But it took a series of God holding back and saying, what are you going to do? Are you going to allow this sorrow? Are you going to go the world way where you just say, eh, what's it? Uh, what's it? You know, I, you know, I, I think I got to say, oh, yeah, 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 okay. That's what Paul was saying. He's saying that I know that it will hurt you, but for a little while. But the hope is that you would accept that hurt and you would look at it as an opportunity. I said, my wife, something I said, there are so many things that happened around me in life. I, uh, when it happens, I'm like, God, what's. I, I am looking for opportunity. You may think that I'm missing, but I am actually looking for an opportunity so that God can kill something inside of me. So, you would, you will begin to see it as we begin to look at certain people in scriptures. That God was trying to kill something inside of them. But there, there was an opportunity for them to feel sorrowful, but they used that, they used an excuse to win the case. An example was Samson. His parents said, Why would you marry this kind of person? So, ah, see, no, 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 please. This is what I want. I am the one that God speaks to. I know how this thing works. And he was right. As a result of being right, what happened was that he was able 
he was able to escape it. But do you know what happened? He did not understand that that path was going to be the path that would kill him. But what God was trying to do, when his parents brought those things up, rather than him accept it and embrace it, he found a way around it. And God was saying, well, unfortunately, I tried. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. The challenge with this, like I said before, is that God will never, he will never, you see, even Jesus himself, when he was at Calvary, God gave him an option. So, all this God will double cross me. He doesn't double, he didn't double cross his own son. He would always give you that opportunity, in that use as an opportunity to kill something in your life or to give an excuse, and it will be a valid excuse. To excuse yourself away from it. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. See, one person in the scripture was David. David saw a woman and he went for her. The Bible says that after that, that man gave back to a child, then he prayed and that child died. The Bible says that when he rose up, 2 Samuel chapter 12, that's what I'm reading. The Bible says that when he rose up, he was so excited about the death of a child. Why? He took that lesson as an opportunity for God to kill a desire for women. Do you know how I know that he learned from it? The Bible says when David was old, he brought a young girl. Ah, Baba needs this young girl to renew blood. The Bible says that girl was lying beside him. He left her the way she is. That is a man that God has successfully killed a desire for women. That kind of person, see, most people that I minister, whatever it is, because God has been trying to kill something, but they have always had an opportunity to justify why they had to take an action, and God will keep quiet. So you saw a man first, um, first Kings, um, first Kings chapter one, um, one to four. I'm so sorry, if I'm not giving much to I'm just reading through scriptures. Um, first Kings chapter one. When David the king was old, he could not keep himself warm. Even when they put covers on him. So, so his attendants said to him, look, for, let us look for a young virgin to serve the king and take care of him. She, so that she can lie beside him so that, your, uh, so that our lord, king, may keep warm. The Bible says that they searched throughout Israel for a beautiful so it wasn't only young they looked for a beautiful young woman and found um, Biasca, whatever um, you see, the Shunammite 
and she, they brought her to the king. The woman was very beautiful. She took care of the king, waited on him, but the king had no sexual relationship with her. Why? You think because he's old? Because God had taught him a lesson once. But do you know that when they brought the case of Bathsheba to her, the, the woman that he saw, he had, David had the power as a king to shut that person up. When this, I am trying to show you how God molds people. God never forces people. If God is still forcing you to mold you, you have not started classes. You are still at the position of fighting. If you think that that is molding, I am, by scriptures, God has never molded anybody by fighting them. If you, somebody will say, what about Paul? Paul, Paul, <laughs> the Bible says that a prophet told Paul, if you go here, you go to that. What is that? An option. Paul said, I will go and die. Does that look like a man? That God is forcing. They were in prison. After God, the angel came, scattered the whole place, released them. What will you do? You know that you pray, oh God, release me from prison. And God opened the place. What will you do? You will run. You will run, you will run faster than the angel. But the man sat down there because they had already got into a level with God. That God had successfully, they were not fighting. So all these things that ah, me. So people take it as fine. Me and God ah, we are still, we are still, uh, we are still struggling. You know, I'm still, I'm still in debate with him. You are in debate with yourself, not him. Why are we saying this? It's because. There are things saying what I what I, I fear in my own life as a person is the part of where you think that because God is saying yes, everything is okay. And you know there's something wrong. I will tell you the truth that times when I was standing at the back and somebody was in front. And God was speaking, rightfully so. He said, ah, Omomi, Inumi Dusie, I am so happy with you. Well done. And I was saying in my heart, I said, Ma Tommy, basically, don't deceive me. Why? Because I know that there is one thing that then I began to learn <laughs> that God can deal with you on a pattern of if you do something right, He can agree with you on that. That does not mean He agrees with you on everything. But if you think that he agrees with you on one thing, he says, ah, but what, what, why would God buy me a car if he doesn't, if he doesn't love me? Ah, you'll get to heaven before you understand. Because that was what happened to those people who were performing miracles in his name. He did not say that they did not perform miracles. You see, the Bible never said God argued with them and said he did not perform miracles in my name. But he said, no, you are a worker of iniquity. So that means that your character is not, you've not dealt with that aspect. And in this lengthy period, 
it is an opportunity for you to allow God hit you hard. The person, one of my guys, prayed the prayer. He said, God, when I'm crying, don't look at my, don't look at my tears. Just keep on. I know that if I cry, I'll wipe my face. And that's what Paul was saying. I know that it's painful now, but you wipe your face. Don't worry. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. We are coming to... It's just... All I'm just saying, I hope I'm not... Um, like Paul said, I hope I'm not hurting you too much. Um, it is... It is uh, you know, it's one of those wonderful um, periods of our life. You know, Paul said, so Paul said that, you know, when I read, when I read this uh, scripture, and Paul will talk about the fact that he said, I put myself under subjection. I put my own self under subjection. I don't think that scripture is said, but, you know, can somebody please uh, help me look for it? He said, Paul will say that, he said, he said, I put, he said, he said, after I have preached the gospel, Oh no 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 my um I'm so sorry um now okay, let's when we look at when we look at let's go to um sorry Hebrews chapter three verse thirteen please can somebody just help me with our scriptures okay just hold on now um um Hebrews chapter chapter thirteen verse three verse three sorry three verse thirteen he said. Paul said, you must warn each other while it is still today so that none of you will become deceived by sin and hardened against God. Let's look at the Amplified. He said, instead, one admonish urge and encourage one another one another every day as long as it is called today so that you may not become hardened and settled into rebellion by the sinfulness of sin by the fraudulence and sorry stratagem trickery delusive glamour of sin may sin of his sin may play on him but what he's what saying here is that see if you don't deal with something quickly it will get to a point where it becomes hardened. And somebody would, somebody that God is, is, is telling off, your conscience is telling off about something. Now, you have now become, you think that it is because your grace, you have increased in grace. That is why certain things that you do now, you know, I just, you know, ah, you know, <laughs> even when I just close my eyes, I can see ten visions. You know, I can, I can, I can, you know, somebody was sharing, so, somebody was talking to somebody that, you know, you, you, see, all these small, small boys that you are calling yourself uh, prophet or servant of God, you know, we, when we sleep with a woman, it doesn't have to be our wife, when we sleep with, if we stand up like this, we will go out and minister and the whole place will come down. What has happened? They have gradually increased to a point where that sin is hardened. And they are falling into the deception that it is okay. 
God grant us grace in the name of Jesus. What what scripture? What scripture? Am I first Corinthians? Nine twenty seven. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest when I am preached to others, uh-huh. I myself should become disqualified. What scriptures are you reading? Can you go to an IV, please? Then look at the amplified. Tell my body. Yeah. No. I strike a blow to my body. I strike a blow to my body. And make it my slave. And I make it my slave. So that after I have preached to others. So that after I have preached. I myself will not be disqualified for the preaching. I will not become disqualified. So he's saying. I used to tell that. God give me grace. When I'm preaching, the first. I was saying it was long time, even before church started. One day I was just dancing, in, I was approaching with him, I was dancing, I was going to preach, and I told him, and I told him, what's happening? I said, I said, I'm just excited that, you know, the sermon that I, I God has placed in my heart to preach today, it was, like I said, before the church started. I said, I have one convert is guaranteed. He said, he said, ah, he said, but you know, he said, no, I am the first convert. Me, I am the first convert. See, oh God, God, you know, when you see me at times when I'm preaching, I will kneel down, ask for forgiveness, give what I call for myself, and I give my life to Christ again before I leave the room. So, you know, if nobody listens, it's not a problem. <laughs> I am the first combat. And that's where I, I, I learned. He said, he said, he said, he said, he said, I strike a blow on my body to make it a slave. So that after I have preached to others, I will not be disqualified myself. Can you amplify it for us, please? Is that possible? As we close with a scripture. I'm so sorry. I, I think I came here. I should have chased me away. <laughs> it's not a problem. Hallelujah. Amen. But, you know, yes, man, let's just read that. Same. It's the same. Okay, God bless you. Um, let's just read a scripture as we come together. We'll pray shortly. Pastor June will come and take over. Then we would end. Hallelujah. Your fashion has a different, yes. yes. No, I beat my body mm-hmm. and I make it my slave. Yes. So, I, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from Christ. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Yeah, so that I myself will not be disqualified. Let's go to John chapter. Um, John chapter 15, verse 1 to 4. Oh, I love that translation. Which translation is that? Is that the Amplified? Yeah, because APC, yeah, sorry, APC, Amplified Classic. Okay, but like a boxer 
I buffet my body. This is not the fact. Auntie Lalu. Auntie Angana. Okay, maybe yeah, ABC classic here. Yeah. So yeah, it's amplified, it's amplified, and it's an amplified classic. So he says that he says that he says he says that I like I, I bought like a boxer. I perfect my body, handled it roughly, discipline it by hardship, subdue it for for fear that after I have proclaimed to others the gospel. The things pertaining to and the things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit not to stand the tests and be unapproved or rejected as a counterfeit. Can I tell you one thing as we go to that John chapter 15? My experience, and those who have, you know, goes God are giving to may not, but I think most of the time it happens. If you preach a topic, that week, you'll be tested on that topic. Preach about anger. You will be the except that thing is not a weakness for you. If it's about women and you're not interested in such, it will not, it will not happen. But when you preach something that the devil has done an assessment, I said, ah, there is testing here. The devil will come, if not that week, within a short period of time, you will be tested on what you have preached. I did not understand that for a while. Until when I began to understand that, ah, if you preach, you are opening up yourself to say, yeah, come. Let's come and try this out on your body. Except it is not a weakness. And Paul understood that. That's why Paul said, you know, I would, like an athlete, I would make sure that I am in line with what I'm preaching. And please, this is not only about preaching. Even when you are prophesying, even when you are leading worship, and you are saying, no, Jesus, I love you. That's, ah, yes. Come, 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 come closer. <laughs> Let's come and hear this love story. Then you begin to see, certain things begin to happen. And then we say, sing now. Then if you can sing at that time, something has been dealt with. But if that time your song changes, then definitely say, I can't have it. God help us in the name of Jesus. I just wanted to share that before we go. And the Bible says, I am a true, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off Every branch in me that bears no fruit, you can see that those ones they are bad, so that's why he cut them off. The Bible now says, While the branches that does bear fruit, he prunes. If you don't understand that Greek, you would think that pruning means you are using your hand to massage the body. Pruning actually means you take a sharp object. And you cut it. He said he pruned so that it can even bear much fruit. So there are times you think you are okay. Like I said in my own dream. There are times you think you are okay. And God comes out with this knife and says, Excuse me, there's still something, there's still something there that needs to be cut off. 
then he slashes it. See, there is nobody that he prunes. And he says, mm, it's not that. When you prune, at times, tears follow it. But as, you are, as that tears is following you, it's, it's coming on. You are joyful. I see, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm not sharing what, what, what I'm not going through. In my heart, I am feeling the joy because I can see myself eventually move on to the level of becoming more. But as we close this, one thing I just want you to always remember, this is not a session that God forces anybody to go through. In fact, it may not bring it to you. You have to bring yourself. Like David said, I brought myself, come and search me. God knows I'm looking for something. He said, I think there is something somewhere. Come and search me. And not just search me, do whatever you want to do. God will grant us grace in the name of Jesus. The song that we will sing as we just pray together, so we won't take much prayers, is the song that we sang as only um, the in before sermon. And I want to just clarify, see, when Jesus wanted to share his body, he gave them take. But do you know what? They had to take it. So when you say, you are saying, I am presenting myself to you. I am entering a covenant for you to free, do whatever you want to do. It may be a prayer that some of us cannot pray. It's understandable. You know, I would like to you see as a prayer, it's not every prayer that you know, it's like a prayer that you know, if you are saying prayer, pray, pray, pray of God, you know, you know that I have been doing well, just bless him. He will bless you. He has no problem with that. But there are some levels of prayer that you are saying, I am just here. Deal with certain things. And if there are issues in your life that you know, no matter how many, like I said, no matter who stands and says, God says I'm happy with you. I am, I am grateful for that word. Please don't get me wrong. But I am conscious of the fact that by your, there is still something. And that's what I want you to come to this point. As you come to ask to, to, to speak to God. That Olubala and Deloni Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.